Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Jason McGay. Well, we've heard some good words this morning. We have heard them, right? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Heard some good words already this morning. And I believe we shall hear more of what the Lord would like to say to us today. Amen. All right. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 14. I'm not going to tell you what verse yet, in case, just in case you want to read ahead or anything like that. <laughs> oh, you prophetic people. I expect you to know which verse I'm talking about. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Who here needs help? <laughs> good. There's lots of good hands up today. You know, if you're, um, uh, if you're in a, at, at, house, at your house sometimes, um, you may feel like you need to hire some help because the work is just too much for you to handle on your own. <laughs> says my help meet <laughs> as it said in the King James because sometimes there are things that are just too much for me to handle hence yes but there are many things in life that we need help with right you know especially as infants and little children we consider that we look at those and we say they're in a sense helpless in in and of themselves they don't feed themselves, they don't brush their own teeth, they don't, they don't dress themselves and get themselves off to work in the morning, and they don't do any of those things, right? They need help. They need the help of their parents to raise them and to cause them to grow up and to become strong and to, to learn about what life is all about and to develop skills and abilities so that they can be success in life, right? Does that sound familiar? All the parents in the room are saying, yes, amen, right? We need help. Now, see, God is our Father, and He knows that we are His children. You know he, you are His children, too? Amen. And as children, uh, we need some help. We need some spiritual help. You know, we like to think that we can do everything on our own, but reality of the fact is, is uh, we need some assistance. We cannot do everything on our own. You know, there's a really encouraging uh, verse uh, in John 15. It's really encouraging. John 15. I know you're in 14. You don't have to turn to 15. I'll just read this to you. Here's a really encouraging verse. It's in verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. Right? However, apart from me... You can do nothing. It's very encouraging, right? Who here has said, Lord, I can do nothing? Because the reality of the fact is, apart from Him, you can do nothing. And all the congregation said, yes, amen. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> you getting it? The reality of the fact is, is that when it comes to spiritual things, 
or the things of God or walking with Him or just being a good Christian, apart from Him, you can do nothing. But here's the reality of the fact. You are not apart from Him. Hallelujah. You once were apart from Him, separated from Him, but you have since received Him and have been reconciled to the Father, united with Christ and are one spirit with Him, and you are no longer apart from Him. Right? That's a good reality for us to live in, that I am not separated from the Father in any way. I am not separated from God. I've been reunited to Him through the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So, if you can do nothing, then I guess you need a whole lot of help. (laughs) Yes? Well, I have some good news. It's back in John 14. Let's look at some good news. And verse 16, for all you prophetic people, that was a confirmation. It was indeed verse 16 that I was thinking about. There you go. John 14 and verse 16 says this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may remain with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him or recognize him, but you know and recognize him. For he lives with you and will be in you. He says, I will not leave you as orphans, as helpless little children. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come back to you. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus doesn't tell a lie, does he? So he said that he's going to ask the Father and he will give us another comforter. Now, that word another means like, it means the same as. It means the same as. So he's saying, I'm going to give you another comforter, one that is the same as me. Yeah. And Jesus was a comforter to the disciples. So let's look at that word comforter for a minute. If you have the Amplified... We're going we're gonna to find out what this word means. It means counselor. It means helper. There's your help. Intercessor. Advocate. It's kind of like a lawyer, except a good one. <laughs> For all you Christian lawyers out there, forgive me. Okay. Strengthener and standby. Strengthener, hallelujah, standby that he may remain with you forever. That word in the Greek is parakletos or paraclete. It literally means one that comes alongside to assist. That's what it means. It means one who, who comes alongside you to assist you in what you're doing. Now, you think about in, the, in, you know, in business, in the world, we have... Um, assistance. And what is their purpose? Their purpose is to help or to come alongside and assist or help someone do a particular task. Like, for example, um, in construction, 
often you'll see uh, ads in the paper for laborers. And um, the entry requirements for that are, it's an entry level position, let's just say. And so it just requires someone to come alongside and help the builder or the general or whoever is doing the, is in charge of the supervisor to come alongside and help with some of the tasks so that the job can get done, right? Well, the Holy Spirit is help to us. Amen. He himself is our help. Now, you think Jesus, when he came to the earth, how did he help the disciples? How did he help them? What do you think? Okay, yeah, he gave them instructions. What else did he do? He set an example. That's a good one. Okay, yeah, he anointed them for a task to go and do something, yeah. Now, not just disciples, how did he help Israel? Come on, somebody must have read the first four books of the New Testament here. What did Jesus do on the earth? Fulfilled the promise. Thank you. Heal. I was looking for something a little bit less, a little bit more of that. He healed. (laughs) He healed, right? He looked out over the people and said, they're like a sheep without a shepherd. Send laborers into the field. Then he anoints his disciples and gives them authority to go and do what? Cast out devils. Right, So those that had devils afflicting them, they needed some help. They needed some assistance. They were under the power of the enemy, and they needed someone to come alongside them and get that devil off of them, right? Those that were lame in their feet or had some sort of disease or like leprosy, they needed some help, like the woman with the issue of blood. She had went to the doctors for help and didn't find it there. But then she heard about Jesus. She heard the stories of what people were saying, the testimonies that they were giving, that there is this one that if you really need some help from, he can heal your diseases. And suddenly she had hope that she didn't have before. So much so that in her desperation, in hope, she went forward and pressed through the crowd to get a hold of him because she knew that she could have access to that help. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That word access will come up again a little bit later. Hallelujah. It will, actually. She had access to that help. And what happened? She was instantly healed. That healing is help. It's getting that disease out of your body. Hallelujah. Right? What other things did Jesus do? Well, he taught them. So when he taught them, what was that for them? Yeah, there's discipleship there, which is helping them learn to live righteously before the Father. Right? It's assistance. So he was helping them. He drew crowds of people because... They knew that they could get a hold of God through him. They knew that in any area of their life where they were weak or they had lack or they were in distress or they were suffering in any way, 
that there is an answer and that they could get to that answer because that answer is in Jesus and they could get to him. Now, sometimes there was a crowd. Sometimes there was a lineup to get to him. And the disciples were very privileged because they got to Jesus consistently every day. They got to be with him where he is every day. Just put yourself in the disciples' shoes for a moment in that time. You think about that. There is the answer. Let's think about your personal situation right now. And any area of your life that you can point to, whether that be things on the outside like health and prosperity issues related to that, whether that be internal things that have to do with character or temptation or struggling with particular thoughts that are not right. You see, they could go to Jesus at any time. I mean, there are times that they didn't even ask him. Jesus came to Peter's house. It doesn't record that anyone asked anything about Peter's mother-in-law. It probably wasn't Peter that asked for his mother-in-law. It's a mother-in-law joke. It's okay. You can laugh. Not too serious. But it does say that Jesus, knowing that she was ill with a fever and bedridden, came in and rebuked the fever. It left her immediately. She got up and waited on them. Didn't even have to ask, and there he was with help. So the disciples were very privileged in the fact that Whatever it is that they needed, they knew they had it in Jesus. They knew that if they encountered any problem, any difficulty, any challenge, that they had access to the answer. And that Jesus was more than willing to meet every need that they had and provide them assistance and help in anything that they were dealing with. Right? I just want you to imagine for a moment if Jesus showed up in the middle of this church, all of a sudden, zoop, there he is. He appeared like he did and at, uh, after his resurrection when the disciples were gathered together and uh, they were having a fear meeting there because they were afraid of the Jews and they were huddled together, freaked out. And all of a sudden, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus appears to them in the midst. There he, he didn't open the door. He just appeared. And... He had a physical body when he did that, right? Right. There he is, just appeared. Imagine what you would do right now if suddenly I see all your heads turn over here, and I'm thinking, what are you looking at? And next thing I know, there's Jesus in the flesh standing. What would you do? Run to him. (laughs) But you know what would happen? You'd have to get in line. Or maybe there'd be a crowd. And then we would see how, how Christian you really are. We'll see how many of you are in faith and believe that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Then we will really see. So there Jesus is in the flesh. There he is. Here he is in our midst. So what are you going to do when he appears in your midst? What are you going to do when he appears in your midst? 
Hallelujah. So he was very much a comforter to the disciples, right? Mm. Anything that they needed, Jesus provided. And so he tells them, I'm going to send you another one. I'm going to send you another comforter. This is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And, yeah, you know who he is. He's been with you. How was he with them? Well, he was with them in Jesus. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. So he was with the disciples. But Jesus says it's something new that's coming because you know him because he's been with you, but he shall be in you. Hallelujah. Let's keep, let's look over in uh, John chapter 16. So you can imagine that in verse 5, John 16, verse 5, says, But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable. And that word means good, expedient, advantageous. It's profitable for you that I go away. Let's just stop for a moment. You have to think about what these disciples are going through in this moment. Put yourself in their shoes for just a minute. Here's the best thing that ever happened to them. Here is the Christ Here is their deliverer. Here is the one that is going to set them free from their captives and will will set up the everlasting kingdom, this one. They're thinking about him. They're thinking, like, look at how he he casts out devils. He heals the sick. He even raises the dead. There's nothing that can stop him, this one. And now he's going away. It's like that security is taken from them. And that's how they're feeling. And it's not just the security. I mean, they love him as best as they know how. And here he is leaving. No longer present in their lives. And yet, he says, it's better for you that I go away. So, I mean, what could be better? What could be better than having that access to Jesus as if he was standing, I mean, for them, he's right there in front of them. Anytime they have a question, they can get an answer. Anytime they have a need, he can meet it. They're always with him. What could be better than having Jesus, the Son of God, right there in the flesh? And he says, it's better for you that I go away because in the rest of this verse of 7 says, because if I do not go away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. Hallelujah. Now, did Jesus go away? Did he leave the earth? Did he send the comforter? He has been sent. 
I know for some, they're not aware of that fact. But he has been sent. So why, was it, why did Jesus make that statement? Why is it better that Jesus could go away, that, that he went away? Right. You got, you got a, a glimpse of that when you saw how, you know, if he was here in the flesh in, the, in this very moment, suddenly he appeared right here in the flesh. There'd be a crowd around him, a crowd. And you'd have to wait your turn. You would have to wait your turn, right? You had so many things you wanted to say. There's your hope right in front of you, but now you've got to wait for brother so-and-so. <laughs> there you go. So, here's the thing. If he goes away, but another comforter comes, the Holy Spirit, not only is he with us, but he is also in us. See, the Holy Spirit can be everywhere all the time. And in fact, the Bible says that he will never leave us. He'll be with us. Hallelujah. And in verse 16, that's what it says there, back in verse, one, or verse 16, that he may remain with you forever. So Jesus was going to go, but the Holy Spirit was going to come, and he has come. And now that he has... He remains with us forever. He doesn't leave. He does not leave. He's, once you have received Jesus as Lord, the Spirit of God comes and lives on the inside of you, and He does not leave you. Jesus might leave to go up to the mountain to pray early in the morning when He was on the earth. And for a temporary period of time, He left them. They got in the boat to go across the water. In one situation, Jesus was not in the boat with them. He had left them temporarily. But the Spirit of God never leaves you. He will remain with you forever. And just that fact alone is comfort for people to know that. God will never leave me. He is with me and He will never, ever leave me. The Holy Spirit never leaves you. He's been there the whole time. Hallelujah. He's been there the whole time. So, that's one advantage of having the Holy Spirit is that we can all together have access to the answer. Access to the help. Access to the comfort. Access to the strength. See how Jesus was that to the disciples, so the Holy Spirit is to all of Jesus' disciples today. So you don't have to press through the crowd to grab a hold of the hem of his garment. I know we have wonderful songs and everything. But you don't have to do that. There's no crowd preventing you from getting to Jesus. There's no crowd. There's no one preventing you from getting... In fact, 
that comforter lives inside you now. You can't get any closer than that. I just want to get closer to God. I feel so far away to draw closer to Him. I just, those are feelings. But the fact is, you can't get any closer to Him than you are now. Now, you might be able to feel like you're closer to Him, but the fact is, is that you can't get any closer to Him than you are now. You are that close to Him. Hallelujah. The other aspect is this, is that, you see, they, if they were ill, Jesus could help them and heal their bodies, right? But what if they were dealing with some sort of difficult character problem or a situation in their home or a situation at the office, right? They'd have to grab Jesus. Jesus, come here, please. And he'd come with them and go into their home and they'd say, okay, can you please mediate all this stuff? It's just... And then he would have, you know, he'd have to go to work with you and mediate what's going on in the office. The fact of the matter is, is that they could get good instruction from Jesus about what to do. Jesus could tell them, hey, listen, this is what you should do. You should say this sincerely. (laughs) You can do this. Yeah. You can do this over here. This is what I would do, Jesus tells you. And you go, thank you, Jesus. That's what an answer. But the fact is, is that when you get back into that situation again, you might have the answer, but you're still you. You're not Jesus. Right? You're still limited to you. So then the next day you go back to Jesus and said, yeah, I'm sure that was great, Lord, but... I just couldn't seem to do it. I, I don't know what happened because apart from him, you can do nothing. I, I, I don't know what happened. I just, I said what you said. It just didn't come out the same way as what you said it to me. I just, I don't know. They just didn't hear what I was, I, I, it, just, it just didn't work. I need, I need you to come and fix this for me, please. That, that would be a lot of our discussion with him because we find that we can't live the way that he lives on our own. Not without some help. Hallelujah. But you see, that same comforter working in Jesus is the same comforter who's working in us. So we are not without help. We are not without. We're not orphans left alone by the Father to figure it out on our own. We're not orphans. He's given us the Holy Ghost to not just instruct and teach us what we should do, but to strengthen us, empower us, and give us the ability to do what it is that he said to do. Hallelujah. That's good news. Your help is not far from you, praise God. The help is within you. Whatever it is God has said to do, the helper is in you to accomplish that task alongside you. He is the one who comes alongside to help you. Parakletos, the one who draws alongside you to uplift you and strengthen you and counsel you, to give you assistance to do everything that Jesus requires. 
how much of our Christian life has been spent trying to do all the right stuff and forgetting about the power of God within us that accomplishes it. When all along, the Holy Ghost, who almost seems to be like the silent partner in that arrangement in some people's lives, silent in the fact that it doesn't appear anywhere except on paper. And yet, there He is, the mighty Holy Ghost, the great Spirit of God, who lives within us all the time. He's right there to help us do everything that Jesus has said for us to do. You know, when you think about a great mountain of work to do, it might be laundry when you get home, I don't know. You think about this great task, this great, you know... Great mountain of things to do. It might be the pile of paper on your desk when you get to the office in the morning. And you think to yourself, well, I've only got so many hours in the day. I can only do so much with what I've got. But what you don't realize is that you are not limited to just what you got. Hallelujah. You have access to Him, His supply. Supply is so much greater. Hallelujah. What he's got is more than enough to get the job done. Praise God. And he is right on the inside of you. Hallelujah. That's where he is. And he's just waiting for you to draw upon his strength. To draw upon his ability. To be the one that calls upon the name of the Lord. So that he lifts you up. Praise God. That's what he's waiting for. Sometimes we think we're waiting on God. God, where are you? I'm waiting on God. And of course, I'm referring to the non-biblical kind of waiting. One day, will be, it'll be my day. One day. One day, my miracle will take place. One day, this bad habit I struggle with will no longer hinder me. One day, when the Lord shows up, when I get a touch from the Lord, one day, everything will change. One day. When is that day? Well, I, I don't know. Only the Lord knows the day. That's not the right way to apply that verse. That's not what he's talking about. Because he also said, today is the day of salvation. Today. The here and the now. You see, you don't need help when you get to heaven. So quit waiting for that. You don't need help there. Because when you get there, you've been helped. It's in the here and now that you need some assistance. It's in the here and now that you need His help. Hallelujah. Praise God. But this is the very assignment that the Holy Spirit has. See, you can't even preach the gospel without His help. You can't even get up and live properly without His help. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if nothing is what you can do on your own, what can you do with His help? Everything. Hallelujah. Yeah. You are not limited in any way. Because the unlimited one lives in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Whew, glory to God. Amen. 
Praise God. Let's look in, uh, in Romans for a moment. Romans chapter 8. Verse 26, Romans 8, verse 26, says, this is from the Amplified here, it says, So too the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. Oh, praise God. What is He doing? He's coming alongside you to help you when you're weak. See, here... He says, the weakness is, for we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily, as we ought to. But the Spirit Himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance, coming out of your spirit. And how many people have found themselves in situations where you just don't know how to pray the way you ought to? I should pray for this. I just don't know what to say or how to say it properly. Or even when you make an attempt to pray, it just, it's just like the words just don't come out right. But even in that place, in that weakness, you are not on your own, praise God. The Spirit Himself comes to meet that supplication with you and carries it to the throne of God. He helps you even in that place. It doesn't matter how weak you are. In yourself, because in Him you are strong. And that strength, that strength, praise God, lives in you, in the Holy Ghost. He comes alongside you to help you. Now, there's an analogy I use to illustrate the difference between working on your own strength versus working with His. And the, the analogy I use is um, a landscaper or someone uh, in that field who has a mound of gravel or dirt that they want to move and put from one place to another. And so they take their shovel and their wheelbarrow and they shovel it into the wheelbarrow and then they carry it over and then they dump it out over there and then they go back to the pile. And you see, they are doing that all by hand, which means they are totally dependent. If that pile is going to move... From here to there, it totally is dependent on the strength of the person with the shovel and the wheelbarrow. Totally dependent on that. Or they could rent a backhoe, a big machine, a big earth-moving machine. And they can climb into the cab, turn the engine on, press a couple buttons, pull and push some levers, and by doing so, the power of the machine assists them in moving the dirt from one place to the other. They're not moving it on their own strength any longer. They are employing the assistance and the power of that machine to help them accomplish a task. And likewise, there are tasks in our lives. You read your Bible, and there's a lot of things that we're to do. 
But God never meant for us to do it on our own strength. In the Old Testament, that's all they had was their own strength. But in the New, we are not limited to our own strength. We have His to work with. But you see, at the same time, you can know that, and that's wonderful. But you see that on the opposite end of the scale, that machine doesn't work on its own. It sits there, waiting for the operator to come by, turn on the engine, get inside the cab. Well, you probably get inside the cab before you turn on the engine. <laughs> right? Push some buttons, pull some levers. It's, it's, you don't just show up on the job site, look at the machine and go, hey, this, what a waste of money this thing is. The dirt pile is still there. I don't know what I need the Holy Ghost for. I still have all the same stuff to do. Look at this. I got to still move that pile of dirt. That's what I got to do. That's my job. I don't even know why I got this machine. How many believers have been in that place? Look at what the Lord wants me to do. I don't know how I'm going to get all this stuff done. Yeah, he sent the Holy Ghost, but what good is that? I'm still here. I still have to do all the same stuff. I haven't learned how to access the power of the Holy Ghost. Same spirit who lives within you. The same one that raised Jesus from the dead. Gives life to your mortal bodies. That very one. And so people look at that and look at the machine and go, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. The dirt pile has not been moved. Because he doesn't do it without you. He does it with you. Hmm. Hmm. He does it with me. He's there to assist me, not to do it for me. Well, I've tried to pray in other tongues, you know, I just waiting for the Spirit of God to move my lips and make sounds come out of my mouth. And then I'm praying in other tongues. Well, if that's what you're waiting for, you're going to be waiting a while. Or you'll be attending a lot of these meetings where we're waiting for God to move. Waiting for revival. Waiting for a touch somewhere out of heaven. Wait a minute, I thought he sent the Holy Ghost. Waiting. I'm just sitting there waiting for the machine to move the dirt. I hired this thing, spent a lot of good money on it. Just waiting for the machine to move the dirt. Well, one day in heaven, the dirt will be moved. In the meantime, I'm just waiting for the machine to move the dirt. Some laugh, some cringe when I say that. Or both, yes. Thank you. But the fact of the matter is that we have not been left without help. Not only will he instruct you, not only will he show you the path, but he will help you to move down and along that path. Hallelujah. Now, he is our strengthener. I made a joke. I don't remember if I did it from here or in discipleship class. 
about how the Holy Spirit, we're looking at the descriptions of his name, what that means, helper, and one of the descriptions there is standby. And I was saying, sometimes that's the only part that we've ever accessed of his help. (laughs) He's just standing by. Yeah, a holding pattern. Standing by. He's standing there saying, I'm ready. As soon as you need anything, I'm right here. As soon as you call on me, I come a running. And we're going, that's the only, once in a while we get ourselves into enough trouble that we call out to the Lord, help me. And then all of a sudden, the standby, here I am to help you. And then once we're out of that particular disaster, we carry on with our life. Go Just, here we go. Until we fall into another pothole. Lord, help me. And then the standby says, here I am to help you. Lifts us up out of the pothole. It would be much better to avoid all those potholes, yes? Much better to go down the road he wants you to go on and not the detour that you took. Much better to walk with him than to walk without him and then crawl around in the darkness searching for someone to help you. It's much better to walk with him in the light where he is and have fellowship together with him and know where it is that he's leading you every day with your heart fixed, trusting in the Lord. Not moved by reports of evil around you. It's much better to walk with his assistance than to walk without. Because on your own, you can do nothing anyway. But with him, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. From within here. The anointed one by his spirit lives in here. It would be a shame to let this field keep the treasure hidden in it all the time. He is to us that treasure. He is to us that talent. He is to us that ability. Hallelujah. All right, one more verse. And that would be in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. For many believers, some of the biggest areas that they're dealing with have to do with change in their lives. They've come to recognize that where they are at in their Christianity, in walking with God, that there's so much more room to grow. And they come to see that there are, there are ways of thinking and there are fleshly habits that are just unpleasing, not pleasing to God. And they come to, they're in a place where they struggle with trying to change that or, or trying to believe certain things about who God is to them. And tr- there's, there's a place of struggle there for many believers. But you see, we are not alone in our struggle. Amen. We're not. We have one who comes alongside us to help us. Too often the prayer is prayed, God, take this away from me. 
Take it away from me, God. You know what he would much rather you do? Is overcome. Not even a matter of just taking it away, but overcoming. And he is there to help you to do so. Amen. Let's read a prayer that Paul prays for the Ephesians in chapter 3, starting in verse 14. I'm, I'm just going to read um, down to, se- to include 17 here. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, I'm going to skip down to 16 here. It says, May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Spirit. See, that's the comforter. Strengthening you. Helping you. You know, there are things in life that we consider to be challenges and difficulties. And the only reason why they are that way to us is because either we don't know what to do or we don't have the strength and ability to deal with it. Isn't that true? Perhaps, let's say, and again, I'm not prophesying here, but someone breaks into, the, into your house. And the only reason why you'd be afraid I mean, if you were, you yourself were, I don't know, 12 feet tall and so strong that, uh, you know, impenetrable bullets could not penetrate you in any way, then intruder might break into your house and you'd laugh. (laughs) Right? Why? Because you have the strength and you know what to do about it. You'd out. Right? It would not be a difficult thing for you. It might be an inconvenience at the most. It might be fun for some, on the other hand. Right? It's not a difficulty because you have the ability and you know what to do. So we look at our life around us and we think there can be many difficulties and challenges all around. But the only reason why you think like that is because you have yet to discover what to do about it and have yet to discover strength and power of God in dealing with it. But all along, there he is, living on the inside. And he says that he, this is that prayer, I pray that your inner man may be strengthened by the power of the Holy Ghost. And in the next verse, may that, this one says, may Christ dwell in your, through faith in your hearts. But it says, I think in the other one, in King James, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And a lot of us are trying to get Christ-like, but without that strengthening of the inner man so that he might dwell in our hearts through faith. There's a place where he comes and lives on the inside of you, he himself. With the disciples, they could, just, they could go to him and he could assist and help them at any time, any time. But it never changed who they were on the inside. So it was far better that Jesus went away because now that the Spirit of God has come, 
not only can he do all the same things for us in our environment, in the place that we live, but he can also bring about a change on the inside. He can also do And that's his desire. That is his ability within us. One last verse, and we'll close with this. Hebrews chapter 13. Shalane, if you'd like to come on up, if you're ready. Okay. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. And I particularly like this from the Amplified. Still hear some pages turn. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6 says this, Let your character and moral disposition be free from love of money and be satisfied with your present. Now it adds in here circumstances. But be satisfied with your present. So in other words, don't be running around chasing money. He says, For he himself has said, Now look at how the Amplified amplifies this. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Adds in here, Relax my, he will not relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. That's about as emphatic as you can get. He's saying, I will not leave you, leave you to your own self. I will not leave you without support. I will not just give you up. I will not fail you. Verse 6 says, So we take comfort from the comforter we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say the Lord is my helper I will not be seized with alarm I will not fear or dread or be terrified what can man do to me and that is our place as believers with the Lord's help what can anybody do to you if he is your defense What attack could possibly prosper against you? If he is your rock and your firm foundation, it doesn't matter how greatly the world shakes and trembles. Right? If he is your strength and your ability, it doesn't matter what task lies ahead as you have help. Hallelujah. Let's take a moment to pray. And then I believe Shalane has a song for us. Let's pray together and respond to the Lord. Father in heaven. Lord, we thank you that we are not left as orphans. Father, you have not left us to be parentless.
I know, Father, there are many that are born again, but have wandered around as if you have not been Father to them. But, Father, you are indeed a good Father who has sent us the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit is our great help. That you yourself are our help. And because you have said, you will not leave us. You will not fail us. You will not toss us aside. Because you have said that, we can be confident that no matter what may come our way, we are more than able We are more than able. So, Father, it is my prayer today that not only do we hear these words, but we receive the strength and the power of those words, that it launches us from where we are today further into your purpose and plan for our lives. And I pray, Lord God, that every weakness and every inability would melt in the presence of our great God. I pray that every circumstance that seems to be so unyielding, such a mountainous chore to get through, I thank you, Lord, that we will see it from your perspective because the mountains and the hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for that. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. We have great access to you through the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And it is my prayer this morning that every one of us not only discovers this great treasure you have placed within us, but possesses that and walks in it and has it in the way that you have desired us to. We thank you for the great price that you have paid for us in redeeming us and bringing us into your kingdom, bringing us into the place where you are. And I thank you that we are those who have an eternal hope, never to be extinguished. So, Father, I thank you for all these wonderful things. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327. Or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139, 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1.